0: Oh, that's a super, super!
1: Oh, that's a brilliant for the follow-up play by Mahé! Oh my goodness, man, what a shot!
0: 100 goals, 7! 100 set the
1: hello everyone and welcome to the uninformed handball hour just one day after releasing our ehf final four podcast recapping the weekend we're back but it's not the usual lineup it's me chris o'reilly but we've decided to give alex kulesh and brian campion a little break i'm not sure they could handle a bit of beach handball talk right now but i'll tell you who can deal with a bit of beach handball
0: talk and a lot more of that it's Marcio Menino. Marcio, how are you? Hey, Chris. All good. I'm still recovering, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm ready for the for this beach season to start. <laughs> well, you've already had a bit of the beach season because
1: you were in Sicily a couple of weeks ago.
0: Indeed, and uh, unfortunately, you were only able to be my company in the uh, remotely, but uh, at least uh, you, you managed to be there in spirit exactly. with us
1: yeah and at least i was joined online by labrina tsakalo for that so that's not also not all bad not all bad not all bad and uh, the reason we are on here today is because it's actually the first day of the beach handball world championship over in crete in greece and yeah i think we've both had a little luck in some of the action today we're just uh, we're coming in now right after the uh, the host nation greece beating the usa in the men's competition uh i think we can maybe talk a little bit about the the women's one first though and uh and then we have an interview coming up later on because last month i had the fortune of being in uh la and i got to visit the the boys from the usa beach handball team which actually you did earlier as well this year so we both at different times visited them I had a little training session with them and then had a chat with uh, three of the players, ABA Udo Udoma, who's been on the podcast before, Brian Cook, who's part of the USA team right now as well in Greece, and Raj Chata Padui, uh, which... I'm not sure if I got that perfectly right in terms of pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's referenced as well in the, uh, in the chat, uh, who has been a part of the USA team as well, kind of an a up-and-coming player for that team. But yeah, first, let's, uh, let's talk about maybe the, the women's side and, and your first impressions on the first day, Marcia.
0: Uh, first day, I don't think there was uh, surprises anywhere. the European teams going strong against uh, the rest of the world, so to say. I think that it was only one surprise and it was in the morning with Germany beating 2-0 Brazil. Like you could yeah. say Germany wins okay, but never a 2-0 and especially never a 2-0 with 12 points apart and that second set right because uh they beat
1: them what is 16-4 if i'm not if i remember correctly yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 like
0: this is uh, unseen uh in terms of beach handball like okay you can lose by 10 or 12 but usually it's like 30 something against 20 not a 16-4 set you know it was uh it's kind of like a, a massacre and i think mentally uh brazil break uh they broke there and uh, yeah it's not good for brazil although this is still the beginning yeah. but germany looks like the powerhouse and later on they won 2-0 against hungary which are always a team that supposedly goes uh to semifinals, you know quarterfinals and stuff like this uh but germany really what a statement from them I and, know. and as you know from the last euro in bulgaria uh they're not uh old they're not uh, very experienced players or well, you could say in beach handball of course but uh, in terms of age they're like under u23 some like the majority of them so not uh, what you can expect but uh, yeah good for them good for alex good for the ladies yeah i mean
1: they showed last year winning the european championship germany that they they can deal with the pressure they can deal with these situations and looking down at the squad here it's practically the same team i think nine out of the ten players played in the european championship last year and uh, exactly so i mean they they have everything needed i guess to to go all the way and interestingly enough you know you we were saying about being in italy last or a couple of weeks ago germany were one of the few teams that decided they weren't going to send any players to that tournament they were going to have their own training camp instead and focus purely on on preparation and well, it proved so, I mean, so far it's day one, day one, but that, <laughs> but that, that, that group is, is group D and it's really, it's the group of death in the women's competition, right? Because, um, well, we can go through the, the four groups super quickly just to give you an overview of the, the teams that are here. So group A, uh, we're going to talk about Portugal, the hosts, Greece, Thailand, and Mexico, the group B, you have Spain, Denmark, USA, Vietnam, Group C, Netherlands, Argentina, Uruguay, and Australia. Then Group D, the group of death, Germany, Norway. There you have two recent Euro champions, uh, Brazil, the record women's champions, and Hungary, who were in the semifinals of the Euro last year. So that's that's already, you know, one big team getting eliminated at a very
0: early stage. Yeah, that's the thing. And... uh, And the thing for these teams is not only the world championship; is the qualifying also for Anoc, the the world games, the world beach handball, beach sport games. You know, Uh, so it's kind of like a double, uh, (laughs) a double purpose, a double objective, to get here at least a fifth place, to get a spot uh, in the in the Anoc. But yeah it's like you said it's it's a dev group group D it's uh it's it's kind of messy you know with the Norway winning 2-1 against Hungary and Brazil winning 2-1 against Norway today and Hungary looks like the team that will leave earlier they well, need a, they need a little like they need a good result against uh, Brazil like a 2-0 just to manage uh, the enough parts to f- for the triple you know yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in, in this case, if we think
1: about, I mean, you know, Norway could get a result against Germany and then it, it would just be a head to head between Brazil and Hungary. Right. But uh, either way, you go tomorrow, a Wednesday afternoon, Brazil and Hungary in a really early battle for survival. And that's, you know, if you're looking for games tomorrow afternoon, that is that... Um, Uh, 1540 central european time and that's going to be that's definitely one to tune in for that's for sure sure, sure. but tell me a little bit about portugal Uh, i I believe men and women making their debut overall right at at the world level and the the women's team have had a very bright
0: start well they didn't start as well as you think against thailand that first half was uh Kind of like uh, we say "sofrível" in Portuguese, where something we're suffering a lot. Okay. Uh, not because of Thailand was overcoming us, but really because we we're like not playing anything. Like they were not awake. And uh, and I spoke to with a, a few players were like that first half was uh, something that nobody should see. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah true. But uh, yeah, we managed to win the second half and, and win in shootout. So uh, that was good. And uh, especially after against Mexico, Mexico, we did no chance to zero. That's it. Boom, boom. Because our second set against Thailand was 2114. And in penalty shootout was eight four. So yeah, that that first one was, uh, yeah, a bit too much. And so for Portugal,
1: likely then to be facing greece in a group final or definitely facing greece tomorrow but what is likely to be a group final in group a which is is pretty exciting also when you look at the teams crossing over from group b uh you know you you realize already that you need some points in the bag
0: definitely you need some points Uh, this is uh this is what we call uh, a do or die you know because if you don't get enough points now then uh as soon as you get to the other group it's it's going to be a really, really tough cross with spain and uh, and denmark and um, yeah it's uh, which one to choose <laughs> we don't we, we don't want to choose anyone <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah it's it's a it's a really not not a, a really good uh, cross for us but if we manage to get first place at least we can uh, expect something from the other side well that was something i was looking
1: at and it's quite and you know, also bearing in mind Greece in this this compilation is a uh, reigning champion. I mean, the last world championship was four years ago. So it's been a long time waiting for a world championship again in Beach Handball uh, as 2020 was cancelled. But Greece won it very surprisingly last time on their debut and hosts here. So a lot of expectation for them. But really, you, you can even afford a loss uh, early in this competition. Unless you're in Group D, of course, where you could <laughs> you could be knocked out. But but my point is like you three teams from every group goes through to the main round, and then from there four teams go through to the quarterfinals. So there there's there's good opportunities there, and particularly in Beach Handball, all you have to do is put yourself in the mix. And you know as we saw, even teams like Thailand or uh, Australia in Group C uh, get almost getting a set there against Argentina.
0: All you need is one set and then you have a chance to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the things that I usually say to both Portuguese teams is that you are able to win at least one set to any team that you want. So you just go for it because uh, that's the thing. If, if, you, if you think that you're not going to win the, the first set, then definitely you're not going to win the second. You always have to, to think that the first set is yours. And then you try to keep the, the focus and you try to keep that strength for the second one. To go for the 2-0 but the even if you don't get the 2-0 at least shoot out is it's definitely there so we can manage it uh, because it's it's easier to work this way uh, as a coach you know as of course as, as players than work with fighting against that second that second half and that happened again with portugal in the, the men's in the men's against qatar but we'll we'll get there mm. uh, but uh, eventually uh every team needs to win at least one set and like you said as soon as you go to the next round you go for sets you can manage to get like third fourth place in the group and you still go to the quarterfinals and in the quarterfinals well anything can go
1: absolutely and we saw that already a couple of weeks ago in the ebt finals in italy um well another team we saw a lot at that ebt finals is the the women's champions which was practically the danish national team so you got to see a lot of them in action already. Uh, they're in Group B, alongside Spain, USA and Vietnam. One of the favorites for this championship, you think? Definitely.
0: I think uh, when it comes to when it comes to knowing each other, which is crucial because of the mechanics of the game and uh, where, you, where your teammates will be and what you can expect from them for the passes that you're going to go for, uh, Denmark has this advantage. And like you said, they play together almost... Every uh, event, at least four or five players play in the the in the this Danish Dream team uh, for the EBT and also for the Champions Cup. But all, then they get like two or three players from uh, from indoor. They go for the national team. Uh, at the time, as you remember in 2019, it was the first time experience uh, yeah. as as a goalkeeper in beach handball. Well, and they won the championship. So. Uh, they they work very well in this in the, this, this aspect and even the men's do the same. They have like four or five players that play around the, all the events and uh, yeah, they they are the core. They are the core of the national team, which gives them a really good advantage. Uh, and Over in Group
1: C, uh, quickly touching there, it seems like it's pretty straightforward at this stage. Netherlands uh, look really good. I saw them play against Australia earlier. Classic Netherlands, they just, they were banging in the points. And uh, Argentina were pushed hard, though, by Australia. Uh, They almost lost that second set, uh, which could have been a real disaster for them. Uh, They're going to go through, though. They deserved, I
0: think Australia deserved at least a set, yeah.
1: Yeah, they have a chance, though, tomorrow, Australia against Uruguay. Uh, Winner winner goes through there and stays alive in the competition, which, uh, yeah, it's hard to know. I haven't seen too much of Uruguay's women, so uh, that'll be... uh, He's, that's what it's nice to see at these World Championships as well. Teams like Uruguay or like Puerto Rico in the men's side, uh, or Thailand or, or Vietnam, and seeing how they play because, you know, there's almost in every single game, one of the teams has a good set. Nobody's getting absolutely smashed all the time. There's there's good quality there throughout the tournament.
0: Yeah, it also depends on what the the coach is able to to, to take from their from their players if the coach goes like okay no, I'm not going to give everything on this set because it's already by 10 I don't care I'm going to lose it no problem but then in second set that's a totally different story where he manages to break the the opponent's defense managed to tear apart the, their attack and stuff like this and then you see okay they're not as bad as you think mm-hmm. and especially after four years from the last world championship chris we always have new surprises yeah. and uh yeah this is not a 100 percent straight bulletproof uh event like happen like surprises will happen definitely surprises will happen and already happened today so yeah like we said brazil losing 2-0 against germany with a 12-point defici- deficit deficit and also immense pain loss against uruguay so uh, things are not uh, yeah, as, as sure as forward. everybody thinks yeah. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> also with the the way it's set up with the with
1: so many games uh, over the course of just 5 days so the championship starts today on a tuesday and it's over by sunday or 6 days rather and uh, two games every day you know it's uh, it is intense and uh, i'm sure that... play with 38 degrees
0: i i bloody well I imagine so <laughs> <laughs> And at night you think, okay, it's gonna be colder. No, it's still thirty. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it's uh, it's uh, shaping up nicely already in the women's side, and uh, I think that's a nice little overview of the groups. Not gonna ask for any predictions now, as you said, you basically said in your last sentences there. There's no point in making any. But yeah, we're gonna take a little break now, as we're gonna head over to the chat I had with the guys in Hermosa Beach, California, back in uh, back in May. Speaking to ABA Udo Udoma, Brian Cook, and Raj Chachapadhai. Now, the good thing about this was that it was a beautiful setting. It was late in the evening, right after a training session. We we're right by the beach. It looked great, but Marcio, I'm gonna admit, it wasn't great for the audio. <laughs> <laughs> the wind was fl- the wind was blowing. the uh, The sand was was uh, was flickering and so yeah not that i wouldn't say it's the best audio product we've ever come up with but it is understandable and i've uh, done a little bit of extra work on it to make it so but i think the content itself the chat with the three guys really makes up for it so we'll listen into our chat with the guys and then we'll be back with the men's side of the competition Well, I think it would be remiss of me after doing a training session with Rip B. Ball in California not to do a little interview afterwards, and I think we're going to post this just at the start of the world championship. So first, let's uh, have the three of you introduce yourselves, starting with Uh, Brian Cook and former guest on the show. The Handball Ninja, ABA Devadama. And third of all, perhaps the most difficult name of the three. Raj Chattavadda. <laughs> Let's go with Raj. I think we, I think we <laughs> can make that work. Right? <laughs> so we've just had a really nice training session on this Thursday evening in probably one of the most recognizable beach handball spots in the world due to all the content you guys are really good at putting up and also the building as the background of it. And I think we'll start with you, ABA the last time we spoke was just before the World Championship way back in 2018. And a lot has happened since then, of course. And of course, we've been covering the, the beach championships over the summers as well. But we haven't spoken to you on the podcast since then. And it's a really big summer for you this summer with two major championships coming up. So I think I'll, I'll just let you talk about where you are preparation-wise at the moment and and what's coming up for you. Yeah,
2: so as you mentioned, we have a pretty big summer ahead of us as next month we have, obviously, the IHF World Championships that we qualified for uh, just last month in our Continental Championship. And then the following month, it's literally two weeks afterwards, we're hosting the World Games. So really big summer. Uh, As for us, as far as where we are in our preparation, as of right now, we have finished our final selection tryouts Uh, for the Greece roster, so just the World Championship roster, and we should be expecting the roster announcement for that within the next couple of days. So I know guys are pretty anxious in our pool at at this stage. Uh, By the time this goes out, obviously, that roster is going to be announced. But uh, as of right now, guys are just waiting to find out if they made the roster for Greece or not. And then uh, we'll be training primarily here. In uh, the build-up for that uh, may spent some time overseas with another national team, still trying to iron that out before ultimately competing in Crate. And then uh, the roster for Birmingham doesn't get announced until post-Crate. So kind of based on performance for the guys there and then availability differences between the two competitions, the roster for the World Games will be announced after that. So that's where we are right now.
1: So we'll go back to a little bit more on that later, but I think it's always nice to hear, particularly in beach handball, about the introduction stories, and particularly so with beach handball players in the USA. So maybe we'll start with you, Raj. You could tell us a little bit about how you got into the sport.
3: Uh, So I saw indoor handball for the first time in the 2016 Olympics, and I thought, boy, this looks cool, I'd like to play this. Um, I found the LA group that played, and I asked them, hey, when do you guys play? They said, oh, come out to the beach. I thought that was weird, this is clearly an indoor sport, but all right, <laughs> it's summer, maybe they're just having fun at the beach, right? And I come out and they were like, no, this is a different sport. The first guy I met was ABA. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, you just throw the ball however you want. He starts throwing right hands starts throwing left handed. I was like, okay, that's fine. He starts spinning both ways and I was like, what is going on? This isn't normal, is it? Um, and it turns out, no, it's not normal, but it was very intimidating. Uh, now having gone through an Olympic cycle, I understand why we use indoor as a trap to bring people into the beach sport, but I feel like we retain them. Um, it's been super fun playing the sport, and uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, I got honey potted like that. Okay, nice. And whereabouts? in the country you originally from? Uh, I grew up near Washington D.C., and then I moved out to L.A. in mid 2010s. Yeah. Well, what brought you to L.A.? Work. Yeah, I just came out here. And first. you do? Uh, I'm an engineer. Oh. Uh, I work at SpaceX. <laughs>
1: There's a reason why I was prompting you there because I was told to ask you because you're, you don't really like talking about that, do you? <laughs> Best job of anybody in handball. I, I well, think okay. that's definitely up there. We're definitely yeah, up there. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Brian, I think you're somebody that uh, many people in the beach handball community would know and will have seen play for the USA. Before, Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your story and how you got into the sport. Some people may
4: know me as B-Money, but uh, I started in 2016, um, and I was working at a grocery store. Uh, Anybody here in the U.S. will know what uh, Trader Joe's is. It's uh, just a popular grocery store chain. um, And uh, a gentleman by the name of Giuliano Oliveira was uh, an assistant coach for the men's team at the time of the... Uh, Just starting men's beach team in 2016. And um, as a former baseball player, uh, myself in high school and been in college, uh, Juliana was like, hey, you can throw a ball. You should come try this handball thing. And I'm like, nah, no, no way. I brushed it off, and then he was he was gone sometime in the middle of July 2016. I'm like, where the hell is he? And then I was introduced uh, by th- through social media, saying, oh my god, everybody's in Budapest playing this uh, thing. Oh my god, this is a world championship? What have I missing? So for six months, I pushed it off, and finally, when they got back three weeks later, I was like, okay, they're holding a practice. What is this? And I finally went out, and I was so I was introduced by literally meeting somebody at my work at a grocery store and I, I showed up, I'm like Raj said, I'm it, just like in my med ABA and as somebody who played a throwing sport my whole life. I was like, okay, this guy can throw any switch of hands. I'm like, oh my God. This is this is new. Okay. And then uh it was was just kind of exposed to this this wonderful sport. And I, I think that what is really truly cool is to find this amazing family of of people, whether and I think that it goes for not only Beach but for indoor too and handball people. Uh, however weird we are uh, or the unique bunch we are um, it doesn't matter where you're from in the world we all somehow find uh, and or have found a way um, to be a part of this um, great family and, and it doesn't matter where you're from that you feel welcome I think that's what's been a blessing to really kind of be introduced to this anywhere we go in the world it's you know like oh you play handball that's cool like, even from the time you know of like going to Brazil the first time you know we were just some people like oh you know trying to like take pictures of you I'm like Dude, I, st- I stack milk and eggs on a shelf like at 4 o'clock in the morning some days. What are you talking about? This is no way. So um, to see now where we've grown as a progression and, and to make a lot of those connections uh, internationally has um, uh, been uh, such a cool thing to be a part of. Um, so... Uh, yeah, from from that weird kind of beginning to all of a sudden now, I'm thinking, wow, this is now five, almost six years being a being a part of playing this. I you would have if you would have asked me before, I would have been like, no, there's no way. Like, yeah, cool, I'll still be doing this. And it's like, well, yeah, here we are, with this amazing journey still progressing forward and a huge huge summer
1: coming. So you had a big arm in you, right? You're a pitcher. I was I was a pitcher. And they put you in goal.
4: Yeah, they put me in goal. Well, <laughs> not, not initially. Well, that's that's <laughs> the that's the funniest <laughs> that is, that is okay. thing. The funniest thing, I started. I made the 2018 or 2018 for um, championship world championship team in Russia as as a defender. Yeah, and I would normally play defense. And up until about 2019, I played defense and uh, normal goalkeeper had, had left, and I was the only person in town mm. that was crazy enough to jump in jump in the goal. And I said, you know what, we'll do it. And since 2019, I have been playing goalkeeper no formal training I guess and, and just said you know what let's do this so uh, yeah now I'm just the one that's a little bit sick in the head that just decides, decides to jump in front of the ball but I think it adds a cool thing because I can play defense I guess I can play in the goal I can shoot if I need to it's
2: really makes you versatile cool. yeah, we yeah. definitely appreciate you, you <laughs> we totally definitely Thank appreciate you, you. you Yeah. <laughs> a sick group of goalkeepers I think the <laughs> I've <learned> so far. <laughs> I think the I've played so far is Amy is very intimidating <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh uh, before I ask for some of the nice stories about you ABA let's go back to the qualification for the world championship uh, you had to come through the North American and Caribbean championship uh, you already had a spot in the world games because of being the home nation but that championship you won gold in the end but there were a few tough games along the way tell us about that
2: you know went you pool play more or less as expected. Uh, we were able to win those three games 2-0. And, and then the big surprise of the competition was the morning...
3: Joe DiMaggio!
2: <laughs> keeping that in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you going to keep it in? What's wrong with it? Uh, 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 at least on our end, uh, you know, we prepared well, went through pool play, won each of those games 2-0. And, and then the big surprise was in the other group... Trinidad had upset Mexico, which is who we previously played in the final in 2019. And because Mexico had lost that game to Trinidad, Mexico then became our semifinal opponent. We were expecting to play them in the final. And that ended up being the big test of the competition, right? Because we're in Mexico, they're the host country, and that's the Greeks game. Like, that's the semifinal. Everything is really on the for that game. And so that, for us, really felt like the final.
1: How is that for you? Because you come into the championship knowing that you are the big favorites to to win it, and you have this clear path through to the final, and then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit muddy.
3: You guys are definitely
2: more nervous than others, I won't yeah. mention any names. Okay. But ultimately, you know. I also want to mention this
1: thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, they are here. They are here. <laughs> They're at home right now. Okay. But. Ultimately, we I came into the competition knowing that Mexico was likely going to be our finals opponent, Mm -hmm. and they were the team that we ended up putting the most amount of preparation in for. Uh, We know them extremely well. You know, we play in their domestic tournament, they play in our domestic tournament, so we know their national team pool pretty deeply. And I went into the tournament expecting to have to face Mexico to win it, and uh, we put a lot of preparation in for that Mexico game. And obviously, they know us extremely well. And uh, I think that showed in our semifinal game, uh, just the amount of adjustments that were made on both sides of the ball, and it ended up coming down to, to a shootout. Uh, I was lucky shooter number ten, who was able to put the one pointer in to get my guys to grease But it was uh, it was a competitive game. You know, that was the one game that we had dropped a set. And like I said, Mexico they know us extremely well. Um, And I think they used some of that intel to make make a couple saves that other teams would have made on us against some of our lesser experienced guys. But it was was definitely a challenge, but we were prepared on our end. Uh, I knew that that was going to be the game that we had to win. So even though it may not have been the clearest path quote unquote uh, to get to Greece
1: we knew that there was going to be a team we'd likely
2: face anyway so we were prepared
1: yeah and in a way you know that semi-final because two teams are going through was actually the most important game so great that you got to face them and beat them in that game and I mean harsh for mexico of course to, to not get that spot at home but that sport
3: that's probably the yeah. most stressful like sporting event i've ever watched in my life i was uh brian and i were both not at a tournament yeah. i think i texted brian like 200 times yeah. during that game in that 20 minute span it was me, him, and Drew in a thread, Donovan, yeah, and I think yeah. Drew Donlin was working, um, and so I think he just opened up his phone at like five o'clock and he saw like four hundred texts from me and Brian. And just be like, "What was that call? What is going on?" <laughs> no, <what is> <laughs> no <what? laughs> hey! absolutely no disruption. You know, the funny thing is, is when I'm
2: playing, I don't feel any nerves whatsoever. No. It's only when I'm watching yeah, other games agree, <laughs> yes. game. agree. actually right. get oh. nervous. I remember watching the Trinidad-Mexico game in our hotel the morning of, because we had already beat Puerto Rico, so we knew, okay, we're facing the loser in this game. Yeah. It goes to a shootout. I'm nervous for both teams. Granted, <laughs> like, I'm not from either country. <laughs> I'm genuinely nervous yeah. for every shooter, but when I'm in the game myself, I don't know if it's just because I'm in the game, I don't have time to be nervous, but, like, literally, no nervous when I play. I get super anxious when I watch a beach handball game. Like I was watching like the, the Sweden Spain game. I was just like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Uh, it's just, it's the weirdest dynamic. Like I'm on the court, I'm just playing the game, I'm in the moment, you know, nerves are the last thing on my mind. But I think it's definitely more nerve wracking watching the game been actually playing. Like, think about it's your team.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, <laughs> agency, you can't yeah. say anything, you can't make an adjustment, you're just watching from miles away. Yeah. And you don't have like a goal at the time, right? I feel like when you're playing, you're thinking like, okay, how do I win? How do I score? What's Yeah, I think the game's a distraction
2: right. from being nervous. Exactly. But I actually
1: no play. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about this place where we had this lovely training session this evening on Hermosa Beach. The USA Beach Handball Sec- Center of Excellence, uh, a really nice spot, and it seems to be the real hub for this team over the last few years. Which, since we last spoke, has really grown so much over the last four years. What's your perspective on what you have here? Uh, it's it's super nice to just not only just have a home base, but but
4: have a have a familiar kind of spot to know that uh, wherever. You know, you may be in your own progression of of the game that um, you're going to have a place to come to, and you're going to have uh, a group of guys to um, learn from and uh, grow with, and and, uh, and more importantly, have a great time with. Um, I, you can't beat the sand. Um, I, I was born and raised in Redondo Beach, actually, just sitting next to this, and uh, you can't you can't beat the community. It's it's really truly the South Bay area as we call it in Los Angeles is a really um, kind of quieter kind of part of the larger hustle and bustle of LA but um, I think it's just a great place to be able to have a beautiful setting to, to train to have a little bit of uh, uh, curiosity from people we're, we're still working on that and uh, trying to, to have people what, what's, what's this thing you guys are playing you know? um, and we've even gotten to the point of an organic growth of little kids, you know, young kids walking up last week in our um, tryout size training camp. We had an extra like kind of pop-up goal set off to the side, set up off to the side. And this whole little kid's birthday party was off, you know, running around playing games. They saw the goal, picked up the ball, and within an hour they're all just throwing the ball in the goal, having a great time. And it's just, it's super cool to see uh, the game be embraced not just by us, but slowly but surely we're working on the community. But uh, I know the guys will agree. You can't. You can't beat it with uh the weather and even if it's sunny sometimes and it's a little bit colder in the winter it's it's still nice to have the sun out and be able to uh, get out and train and, and continue to try to have this year-round aspect of, of beach and while well, i know that to some of our european uh, uh family do not get to enjoy yeah. uh, some of that aspect even though i do very much enjoy seeing uh I think what is it? Is it in the Netherlands they have those indoor. They got a couple indoor ones. Maybe Sweden has an indoor. Yeah, I, oh, those are beautiful. Uh, but uh, I wish we could have that in the winter because the ball stings for sure. But uh, uh, it's just you can't you can't ask you can't ask for truly like a better place to really just grow our
3: sport. I know the guys will agree on that. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, it doesn't get too cold here. in like, the yeah, winter. Yeah. Everything, everything's relevant, though. right? <laughs> yeah. this is, oh, it's like 20 degrees Celsius, I don't know, like 60 degrees Fahrenheit at worst. Um, yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. Whenever we talk to players, especially in Europe, when it's just like, Do do you train at like a river? Like I know there's a beach in Germany and they're like no (laughs) we have an indoor facility I'm like oh isn't that half the fun that you're like outside and you're like by the water they always look at me weird when I say the river like that doesn't make any sense Uh, uh, but no I mean you just hear the the ocean's beautiful the the scene's so nice like it doesn't uh, it's not hard it's like in terms of a training facility this is as good as it gets. Um, You come out the sand's amazing it's very soft it's deep um, and you have great time good weather all the year round it makes it very easy to
1: like get out of bed and be like yeah i'm just gonna go to the beach and play a sport that i enjoy a lot raj you mentioned just before we started recording about uh being in nazare was that your first international experience or european experience with the team uh i had gone to poland and i'm gonna
3: butcher this in uh 2019 2019. yeah Yeah. Yeah. before we went that was my first international experience um and uh Honestly, once I played in that tournament, I was like, I have to keep playing. Uh, There's no way I can stop at this point. This is too fun. Uh, Just the tournament is such a, all the tournaments that we've been to um, have just been such a great experience in terms of like, it feels like it's just a big party where there's like some handball going on. Um, And it's like, what else could you ask for? Uh, People are super friendly. The community is amazing. And like all these places, Um, so after that, yeah, and then 2020 season was obviously uh, muted due to the pandemic um, and then 2021 we were able to go back out so then we had a few tournaments last summer we went to uh, Canary Islands for a tune-up for Euros where the US team went and then we went to Orribella and Nazare um, on the Arena 1000 Tour and like can't say enough good things about both of those massive tournaments. It was honestly crazy to see like you know our player pool is 60 like at most generous male generous. and female combined yeah. The female female um, I mean, yeah, maybe around sixty. Point. Um, and it was crazy to see these tournaments of like a thousand people, where it's like, wow, these and they can all play like it's high level handball the whole way through. Um, and uh, it was just very fun to see that, and it was very like, oh yeah, this is a huge thing in other places, and it's fun to be a part of this. It's nice to see.
1: Also, last year as well, I mean, there was a good co- cohort of American players playing in the the Champions Cup and the E P T Finals as well, including yourself. A B A and you, you've been around the European block as well, but
4: yeah, yeah, no, I, I think what was uh, the first time I went was twenty seventeen. Uh, we were in the Czech Republic. We, we were Prague, right? A B were playing Prague, playing uh, playing, uh, playing Prague on a, beach open uh, uh, the beach open <laughs> on a river, right? <laughs> right. There you go. Uh, which was which was a blast. Um, you know, just uh, uh, realizing truly what uh, Europeans uh, think of handballed much more of the summer games, seen a couple of, I think they were Slovakian guys just ripping a couple of beers and uh, smoking some sticks yeah. before the <laughs> yeah. game. I'm like, yes, yeah, handers before the game, priorities. baby, let's go. Yes. Different countries, um, are different, different, countries different things, but uh, then going to France, um, you know, after that was, was fun. That was that was a lot of fun, you know, so, just having, you know, for, oh, you you American, you play one? it's great. You're like, oh wow, cool. Like, I play handball now. And now, like, I'm, i I'm cool on the scale of Europeans. Like, this is great. Where have I been? <laughs> um, but no, that was, that was a super cool introduction, and being able to play in, uh, uh, in Russia was, uh, it was truly World a World blast, World World. blast um, at the World Championship. But last year, last summer too, of, of being in Spain and also in Nazarene in Portugal, like it just had this aspect, this feel of. Um, here in the US we have beach volleyball you know you have the uh, ABP tour uh, you call it I had that feeling of that but you have the diversity of so many age groups so many kids I mean Ross just pointed out you had so many just hundreds if not thousand kids out there up up through the adult levels the energy too playing on the center court like being able to play in so many different games, you know, places from, you know, Contour to the World Championship or, or, you know, even places in Brazil, but being able to play in that center court in Oroela that we all had, that was one of the coolest experiences of my life, I think, sport. It's amazing. So uh, being able to travel in Europe a little bit has just been so much fun. Plus, I, I mean, I'm
2: not
4: going to lie. This is all a family. Like, we've all talked about it, it's as a family. The most fun we have is, I think, just all traveling as a group, and heading into get-in. Like, it is just, like, a total blast all of us and it's um, to be to be able to do it with our uh, european brethren uh where handball is actually the thing where people go hey what's that y'all are playing uh is kind of a, is kind of a cool is a cool thing so uh, anytime we can go to europe and uh, we're coming free greece um uh, yeah it's uh, definitely cool to be a part
1: of yeah i think even from an irish perspective where we are very much at the outskirts of the the handball world and the beach handball world it's uh it's nice to the first time we sent a team our our team the brass bros to camelot uh, which is happening this weekend actually right and uh our first game (laughs) was against the eventual european finalists the next year norway not a club team but against norway and then you end up (laughs) going for the tip off in your first serious game in Camelot and Europe against Norway they're like oh yeah it's so lovely to to see an irish beach handball team playing and i was like well wait till you see us play
4: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks
1: man. but it wasn't that bad you know <laughs> but to be fair there were uh, much more of that game was us leaning on our handball skills rather than our beach handball skills. Uh, too many times it was me basically just leaning past or finding a way past a defender to place the ball into the hands of Alex Kulesh on the line and then he would do a spin shot.
4: Here's a question for you. How much in, in being like, on so the outskirts of in, in Ireland uh, do the people of Ireland kind of get a feeling for handball?
1: They, do they, they have no clue? or, or is it No, or like- it's, we definitely have the challenge also with the name, even in our, our Local sports in Ireland, the traditional sports, the the sports from outside as well, and with the name, you know, we have that handball that you have here as well, the one we slap it against the wall. So I I understand. What's that? The, game,
3: yeah. the ball against the wall? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: everyone's everyone's oh. everyone's uncle played that somewhere in the, in the countryside or on the
2: streets of Brooklyn or something like that. But that's right? to too much of a tangent. <laughs> the <this> question <laughs> I've always wanted to ask you on. is why do you think? English-speaking countries became a first handful.
1: Well, I think it's uh, one of the reasons is our, our colonial past. We have to blame the Brits, don't we? It's the
2: colonial oh, yes, sports.
4: sports.
1: <laughs> In a way, you know, we just have too many of our own sports. When you think about the Commonwealth countries like uh, you know Canada, formerly the USA, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia. There's rugby. There's Cricket, there's hockey, and uh, that's field hockey. And uh, you know, in the USA, you have all of your sports, we have our sports in Ireland as well. So, there's just so much competition there. I think, I think it's just a tradition thing, isn't it? Um, but it's something that definitely, you know, we, we've spoken about it a lot on the podcast and, and with other people, like with the world as it is right now and uh, no longer are we bound to the sports we grew up with and I think that's the great opportunity for for us and that's why we have to keep pushing because you know it's going to be you know the UK is a great example of that post London 2012 you just have to look at the amount of schools that are playing in now and give them 15-20 years and they should have the players to play uh, at a world level and uh, hopefully It'll be the same case with uh, the U.S., whether it's beach or indoor uh, post-LA 2028. I'll ask you about that. Even at the Birmingham
2: 2022. <laughs> 2022 for the beach, the yeah. The beach, uh, I, think yeah but, I think that's
4: what's cool, too. Is just to, like we're going to start to have opportunities. To, mm. Birmingham is a great opportunity. This is the first time that, I mean, ABA, you got to play in Oceanside in 2018 to qualify uh, for Russia, uh, but this will be, uh, granted, a future self If you make the team a uh, fist bump, yeah. dude. Um, uh, but, I mean, the first chance to play like in front of... like True U.S. crowd, like in front of Americans, because it's always been internationally. People That's experience like, the majority oh, of our national team players, yeah, in we, our pool now haven't
2: had yeah,
4: I've never never got, play, other man. than maybe our local, you know, um, yearly tournament in Southern California. Yeah. You know, I, I've never got a chance to play in front of my parents. Yeah. You know, to even have people be in the same hemisphere as my family and friends, so they're not like okay, is your game okay? Your game is it. Oh, damn it, it's at two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> shoot, oh I gotta it's watch it. From but, you know, so it, it, that's it's gonna be a cool thing. And like I said, that we get kind of this global growth um, that that people recognize. Like, oh, it's, it's kind of this game's kind of cool. Like this this family is, is, is really a cool thing and it can help on so many aspects. bringing people together of not just for handball, but I think outside of that in especially in this day and age.
2: The World Games, it's a multi sport event, so I'm just trying to leverage the collective obscure sportness from the games that are all to be competed in Birmingham and just see if we can hold future handball fans, fans who haven't known the game, uh, at least talking with the guys at the International Games Association because I've worked with them over the past couple of years and kind of promoting this event. Uh, They're very big on on handball and how handball will be received because where we're playing. The competition is a really big American football city. Yeah, All right, you know, Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama is uh, playing Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl is a big college football rivalry between two of uh, the schools in, in the state of Alabama. So it, it's a really big sports city, mm. and it seems as if everybody at the International Games Association feels the Pan is going to be one of the more well-liked events. So uh, just doing the best that I can to make sure that our guys just put on a good show, and uh, if we do that. Hopefully, you know that's a catalyst for the growth of the sport, for the next generation coming up because they see it. They see Team USA playing, representing, hopefully, representing well. Uh, we're one of eight teams, so 12.5 percent chance, just off of that, uh, to compete for that gold. So It's a great opportunity, and. Uh, do the best that i can to make sure that my guys can make the most of it
3: i think good show is a good description too like it's such a it's such an aesthetic sport at the top level it's so much fun to watch um i think it might be some of the nuances of the game are probably a little too obscure for like a casual viewer picking it up for the first time being like why are they
1: spinning that's weird um (laughs) i'm sure Yeah, yeah no i mean that's why i try to push so hard for video to be commentary and someone who knows what's going on because it's really hard for somebody watching the first time to understand what the hell is going on. Exactly, yeah. Why is there somebody in a, in a different color jersey running around? Why do they take normal shots and the other guys are flying through the air? Or why is there 4v3? Why are they running out of him? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's,
3: it's, it's tricky. Yeah, but if we can get past that border uh, or like that uh, just the the word? Yeah, initial barrier, um, yeah, I feel like it should catch on pretty well. It's all the things people like in sports all combined into one sport. Awesome. Now I wanna
1: before I ask ABA the last question, uh, I've said we're gonna have some nice testimony. So in a couple of sentences, maximum thirty seconds, you know you spoke about your first encounters with him and you know ABA is undoubtedly the face of the sport in the US. So <laughs> tell us about tell us about the man away. From the Instagram account.
4: It's so funny because I don't know know how to explain it. Like, we've all been such close friends. And if anybody knows, ABA, I work now for my family business in in, the nearby. ABA literally lives in uh, his condo directly behind my family business. So, like, I've come to it's so weird to think of, like, oh, yeah, my friend has got, you know, over what, what is it now? 14,000 followers and stuff like that. Right. You know, I mean, we've all roomed in Rajnos. We've all roomed together in, in Brazil and stuff like that. But, uh, um, he, he's a humble person. It's so funny. He's, he's just very simple. And people are like, Oh, it's a No, it's That's, that's he. And what is great about him, he just cares about the sport. He's a goofball. He doesn't say it. He's a goofball. Uh, but, uh, he cares about the sport and all of us. Um, and, uh, continually, um, helps me be a better person. I think that's what's cool. It doesn't cut around the, the edges of, of uh, you know, who you are, you just seem the best and I think that's
0: what's
4: uh, cool about ABA. And, and, you know, he's, he's just himself, very approachable, and uh, if you ever see him, anybody, please come take a picture and smile with him. Uh, he would love it. Uh, but ABA is one of a kind because of the uh, kind heart that he has for everything that he puts into the game, and, uh, uh, for not only that, for what he puts into uh, individuals as well. I know that he's put into myself a lot, uh, Raj, uh, a lot of work of, uh, building ourselves not only in the game, but kind of character and
3: stuff, so, uh more than 30 seconds but uh um yeah, you have come up with some new stuff in that rush <laughs> yeah this is tough he covered everything um <laughs> shit, i'm sorry no I, I would say the i would say one thing that i i uh admire a lot of aba is he decided he was going to do beach handball uh like what six seven years ago and then he just went all in on it um and this is I mean, even now it's not a huge sport and i think that really shows his love for the game where he was like this is what i'm going to do this is what my life's going to be um i think the thing that doesn't really come across on instagram as well that uh, about him with handball is just his his game iq is absurd um yeah, is. like obviously he's a. a great athlete but also uh It honestly, it took me like three years to say something about handball. Where I sent him a message, and then he couldn't find me a clip immediately. I mean, immediately. (laughs) Where he was like, "Yeah, I saw this like six years ago at this tournament, this one time." (laughs) I'm like, it was like one of the proudest things happened for me the last two years was that moment. Finding Uh, obscure (laughs) one idea where he was like, "I don't think I've seen that before." I was like, "Oh my god, this must be new." Yeah, yeah, but fantastic guy, good leader on and off the court, uh, and just one of the best handball references in the world i think
1: well that's it and ab i'm not going to let you get a chance to respond to that it's just you just have to let those uh, beautiful comments sit with you but final questions then to you and big summer as we already spoke about world games there's many things to play for for the future of the sport as well in the country but the world championship in greece this summer it's a very straightforward aim you are know, there to compete. And I think the interesting thing with the USA at these championships in recent years is clearly you have the ability. You've been knocking on the door, so to speak, in the last couple of championships, but it hasn't really clicked for the team, haven't been able to really contend for the medals. So what's going to happen this time around?
2: I, I feel as if, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I don't feel any pressure when I play. Um yeah, I think it's always just an opportunity to just be able to play in each handball, you know, nothing's ever guaranteed with handball in the United States. So whenever we're adding World Tournament with a full squad, I consider that a win. And then from there, you know, we've had talent. I think maybe we haven't been disciplined in some facets of the game. I think defense has been like our obvious Achilles heel over time, but we've put in a lot of work. I've put in a lot of work to try to help guys understand that part of the game a little bit better. And... That talent wise to myself, Drew Donnell and Jacob Garcia, like we've had attackers who can create high percentage looks and put the ball in the back of the net. And we've had that since I'd say really 2017. Like I think we've had an elite offense. And I know in Qatar we were third in points in that yeah. third in offense, right? So um, I think for us it's historically been defense. Um, and then obviously you know, there, are, there are little details in the game and the transition. And you also have to compete with the fact that the rest of the world's always getting better. I thought Qatar in particular was a really good opportunity for us as far as where our talent level was in relationship to the competition. On the back of the pandemic, a lot of countries have gotten a lot better. So, we you know, going into Greece, uh, Argentina has gotten significantly better on the back of the Olympic Games, so they'll be tough in our group. Um, and then ultimately there are another 12 teams outside of our group that we have to get through. Um, but on any given day, you know, I, I have faith, um, us being able to score, and as long as we can be competitive, then the
1: sky's the limit. So what, what would you define as success then? Maybe that's a fairer way to look at it.
2: I feel as if Europeans are very humble and very realistic in how they approach things. Um,
1: I think for us, it's a big American answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the obvious American answer is you know you play for gold. Yeah. I mean, there's no point in going into a tournament saying we're going to shoot for seventh place or going to shoot for fourth place. You know, ultimately we're going to try to finish as high as we can, whatever opponent we face in the main round, the quarterfinal. It's not as if let's say, like high, hypothetically speaking, you know, our goal is to finish in seventh place. So, we're not going to deliberately throw a quarterfinal game so that we can play for seventh place. So we get to a quarterfinal game, we're going to try to win that game. So I think it's just the American mindset that you're just playing for gold. That's just kind of kind of how you approach things. But like I said, for me it's a blessing whenever we get to play beach. So let's just get there, and then once we're there, yeah, you know, we're playing for as high of a place as
1: we can get. It's a beach volleyball; anything can happen. Though. It's a beach it's one beach side at a time. ABA. Brian, Raj, thank you so much for the interview and also for the training earlier. It was an absolute pleasure. Welcome to the United
2: States. Welcome.
1: (laughs) That was it. Thank you so much to ABA, Brian and Raj. And Marcio, as I said before, you were there a few months ago over in Hermosa Beach. What did you think of the, the setup they've got over in
0: California? Well, the thing is, I was in March. Uh, kind of like in LA, was really good, like twenty something degrees. Really, like, I had, I had like a burn, a small burn in my skin <laughs> after two hours in the sun. But uh, I, I find it funny that they build the the, the they build the courts every day for every training. Time. Every time they do this, this is this is like an extra effort. It's not like something it's it stayed it stays there for like three months. No, every day they build it. They train they take it down and go home it's uh it's i should clap i should clap i said
1: <laughs> well on that occasion I, I, I helped put it together and take it apart so <laughs> I, I know i know how they feel it's very it, it reminds me a lot of uh of what it's like to play handball back at home not necessarily the setting up the court, but, you know, putting the goals together every
0: time. But yeah, and great guys
1: as well. Huh? We're all really nice guys. Definitely.
0: Everybody was happy to see me. They were like, oh my God, it's Dr. P. Chample and stuff like this. And I'm like, no, no, it's just me, Marcio, okay? It's just me. <laughs> But it's so funny because, you know, like they go like, everybody goes like, oh, my God, I see all your videos and all the content you do for the for the beach handball. And I love it. We watched it all, like every game and stuff. And I'm like, I feel really, not, I wouldn't say proud, but I feel really humble, you know, to, to see that across the ocean, across an entire country as huge as the USA, those guys back there in the Hermosa Beach are doing it for for them because they love the sport beach handball but also because they do it for the country you know to to represent their country and uh, that that feeling is it's re- really really good they are your people huh just across the world still beach handball people some of them some of them have the the weird uh, conjugation of, of of jobs like charlie is a is a, uh, a, a game engineer in blizzard something like that and i go like what
1: <laughs> yeah we, we we talked about that in the interview as well with raj who's a engineer for space x <laughs> I, mean, I, I couldn't believe it brian cook on the way on the way over before uh we started the interview was like make sure to ask what raj's job is and i was like why he's like He works for spacex
0: it's like this is ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay the majority of us are like you know like we're amateurs or something like that but uh there are some indoor players professional indoor players playing this uh but it's it's amazing to see an engineer for the space uh, industry you know (laughs) playing beach handball like whoa we've come a long time a long way (laughs) And as for the U.S.
1: team, they're uh, in the men's competition in Group A. And it's, uh, it's an interesting little group developing there, playing alongside Greece, Argentina, and Puerto Rico. In Group B, it's Croatia, Spain, Uruguay, and Ecuador. In Group C, it's Denmark, Norway, Egypt, and Iran. Group D, Brazil, Portugal, Qatar, and New Zealand. And starting with the U.S. guys, yeah, Group D is a group of death. Well, a group of death for New Zealand anyway, but uh, we'll talk more about them because uh, I'm really, really impressed with what they've done today. But USA first because we just came off watching the usa Greece match. Uh, USA with a bit of a different squad to what they usually have. Uh, a couple of players missing for them, so they, they've brought in some young players, including – um, the guy with the best name in beach handball, Maverick McCurdy, <laughs> playing as a specialist and um a player I really like and seeing him at this level for the first time. Uh, Cody Dominic, who's playing as the playmaker, he's phenomenal, like really, really good player. Uh, but the yeah, I think they they had an up and down day. The USA they started against Argentina, which was. I think my favorite game of the day that one where they they lost the first set by two points won the second or lost the first set by a single point won the second set by two um and I, I, maybe that was even one point as well because yeah aBA scored like a a free throw in the last second uh yeah exactly and uh and then it went to a shootout and um Luke Ngoyen made a big save on the last round of penalties, and ABA put it away to, to win the game. But then, we just saw them play against the host, Greece, and it was a big atmosphere, and it seemed like it got to
0: them. What do you think? I think so, I think so. There was like a lot of people just supporting Greece there, and, and for them it's kind of like, I wouldn't say tough, but it, it feels weird, you know? Like, they've been building this team for the last two years despite this uh, pandemic state and stuff. They, they've been building up. And I think they lack what sometimes we have in, uh, in, uh, in Europe which is kind of like the experience to overcome uh, some details, you know, th- those details that we, we know they're just a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, one second waiting, you know, just one more second waiting for, for the pass. I think they, they were lacking this and uh, they lost the first set to, by eight. But in the second one they 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 did a really good job and only by two points which which is unfortunately unfortunate for them and they could have draw at least the second one but the goalkeeper was there yeah and a, a couple of like silly errors as well like
1: two uh two substitution errors which is really not good and one of them it kills a yeah, team
0: it kills a team yeah
1: one of them meant that Willard Johnson there uh, one of the specialist defenders got a red card so that was a bit of a nightmare for them but they they find themselves in a decent position still they play puerto rico tomorrow and looks like it could be a three-way tie if things go well for them uh greece though i mean we saw them last year at the euro
0: and they looked pretty average if you ask me they found new players they Yeah. yeah like not all of the players that were in greece are here i think only like two or three are here uh And the rest are kind of like new players that uh yeah they they had opportunity to check and had time to follow new new talent to come to the because 'cause they're really tall now they're yeah. really tall team now <laughs> that
1: that was not the impression I got uh last year, but as you said, I guess that's the advantage of being the home nation as well that again that's something you're building up to um so yeah interesting
0: group overall although i think uh, the u.s can go in second place from this group they they definitely have the chance to go in second place yeah uh, they just need to hope that greece wins against argentina 2-0 to one doesn't matter and if they get to to get to 2-0 from puerto rico then they go through a second place and that's uh, already some points for the the next round yeah that's it and a couple of scary
1: teams waiting in the main round from group b Croatia, the finalists from four years ago and constant uh, title contenders. Spain, though, you mentioned the loss to Uruguay. Uruguay and Ecuador Ecuador in there. Again, when you're looking at it on paper, you're like, okay, that's an easy walk in the park
0: on day one for those two European teams, but not the case. No, not the case. They lost 2-1, and uh, despite going... Both of them were scoring a lot of goals. The, the, both sets had more than 25 goals each, from almost from each team, like 26-24 first set for Uruguay, 24-28 for Spain. But I think the problem was the shootout. The problem was the shootout because it's 7-2 for Uruguay, which means, or Spain like really missed big in the shootout, which is not a usual thing. Usually they have really good spinners that do like really good three three sixty, and or the goalkeeper was amazing in the shootout. That's uh yeah, that's what I can say. But although this is not uh, as good as, as you think, Spain usually has this thing of coming, you know, from uh, like this not underdog position because everybody knows their potential and the quality that they have, and because they have this amazing uh at in a thousand which is like a tournament they do yearly in, during the summer uh but usually they have this thing of good uh, like maybe lose one or two games in uh, in, the, in the group stage and then when it comes to the quarterfinals they just yeah they just put their minds to it and, and go through they sh- they should still have
1: um a chance to go through potentially with points they're playing Croatia tomorrow um they should go through because they beat Ecuador but they're going to need to beat Croatia if they want to take some points with them.
0: Yeah, it's not going to be easy for them. Over in Group C,
1: uh, we have the uh, reigning European champions, two-time reigning champions now, Denmark, and in uh, alongside Norway, both of them getting uh, double victories over Egypt and Iran. With the same set, number of sets. Yeah. Yeah, 2-2 in the first round of games, 2-1 in the second round of games. Uh, I mean, Denmark, we, we we speak a lot about over the, um over the years, but Norway, I think of me, that's pretty impressive for them. I wasn't sure exactly how strong they would be this time around, but at least when it comes to the
0: non-European teams, they're banging away the points. I think in Norway. I saw a little bit of their game against Iran. Uh, Christopher Edickson, as, as you know, all know, former MVP 2019 in Poland, was just on the third floor grabbing this in-flight shot <laughs> that everybody thought, nah, that ball is gone, and he just—I don't know—he didn't break his—he didn't break his back, you know. But I would—I would be completely broken, shattered on the floor and on the sand. But the guy just managed to grab it and, and scored an amazing in-flight shot. But uh, I think that what, what we see here is, with these two games, uh, um, Chris, is the difference of uh, African teams and, uh, and Asian teams, uh, especially in the Middle East, uh, that they usually play against each other, you know, and then they find this different type of handball, this type, different type of, of style coming from the Europe. And they, get, they lost 2-0, but they managed to overcome that difference, you know, and win at least one set in the next game, which means that they have this capability of adapting, especially against two de- Scandinavian teams. So both of them adapt really well, winning that uh, that that set that allowed them to go to shootout, which means that both Egypt and, uh, and Iran have the chance because they play against each other. They have a chance to go through with at least with something. Uh, To the next round, and yeah, I saw that Iran uh, won against Qatar uh, like a month ago or something. Kind of like the preparation for this uh, for this World Championship, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in their team, you know, because there's this uh, this fellow called Mr Handball from Iran, and he follows, and the guy is amazing. He follows everything from handball, from indoor and beach, and he's there with the team, so. We can expect oh, nice. a lot of, yeah, we can expect a lot of content coming from him. And, and it's amazing. He's just like really, like really journalist type. He just gives you all the insight, all the things that happen. It's really good. That's going to be a game to watch
1: out for then, uh, tomorrow, Iran against Egypt. That's uh, two o'clock Central European time. The winner takes it all and the loser will be in the, uh, the, Probably the group nobody wants to be in the consolation round at the end. And Group D, we've got your boys in Portugal. Uh, as you mentioned, you you alluded to earlier, they had um, an up and down day. I watched the the full game with New Zealand, and I have to say, I loved the pace that both teams played at. They really just it was it was very pure kind of uh, love of love of the sport style and.
0: New Zealand they I think they've improved big time over the years definitely definitely Chris I've, I was really impressed with New Zealand with the with the type of the beach handball they approach they they, they kind of like similar to Netherlands when they they began you know when they started going to these championships like really high pace basic beach handball but effective you know and whenever you're like okay I cannot pass anyone just go for shooting that's it like at least you shoot you can get a score or not doesn't matter but at least the ball doesn't go for the opponent team just because no you at least shoot and as you as you know sand is a very regular (laughs) a very regular ground and anything can happen like you shoot to the sand goes over the goalkeeper and it's gold so two points awarded after a spin shot but i really enjoyed their 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 beach handball their their style and i think that if this team Manages to get like a more competition, you know, a little bit more competition, like two or three more events, they can, I think they can grow and to become like a really like interesting team to some of like, for example, Portugal, I would say uh, some interesting team to go against and maybe, maybe a shootout, you know, to give you some perspective there. So they, they
1: qualified for this championship by playing a three match series against Australia. That, that which they won two matches to one before that that was in i think it was in March or April before that their previous games were in February 2020 and i know this because i was there playing with them at the, the Australian <laughs> beach handball championship yeah, two years without playing yeah two years without playing like a an international match uh they but they've done a, a shed load of work in new zealand since then uh, they've put a lot of effort into having regular training camps, having like north against south, uh, stuff like that, and building a squad. And And so it's not the same as international competition, but they have this. They have the world games later in the year as well. So and I have a feeling, you know, coming up against Portugal, then Brazil and Qatar tomorrow, that's going to put them in a very good position for the, the consolation matches later in the championship. So as long as everyone stays healthy... Um, yeah i have a feeling they'll pick up a victory or two over the course of the of the week and i hope they do as well that would be awesome but uh portugal then they losing to qatar which was a a bit of a shock to me
0: No, we could have won the, the two sets we could have won the two sets it's uh i think we got too nervous you know especially in the first set we got too nervous and uh we kind of like recovered we kind of like recovered well and but there's this moments in beach handball especially in the last 3 minutes uh, of the first of, of the set of course is that if you manage to grow into your opponent like if you manage to come from a, a trailing position to getting to equal to him you have the upper hand against him despite him having shoot the the, the timeout or not you have the the advantage but you need to remain calm and not be, you know, very eager to go for the, to the overcome, you know, to overlap your opponent. And what happened was that they become very eager and they started doing a lot of mistakes and not scoring. And when you not, don't score, your defense can, you cannot think that you're going your defense is going to save everything because it's not going to happen. And that's what happened. Qatar was very clinical, very, very uh, cold in the, in their position. And they took that first set very, very well on the second one, we were winning by 10, uh, at a given time, like 11, 15, like 15, four, we did allow them to come, you know, to regain, (laughs) to regain the, the position. And that's the thing they had the momentum. They didn't overlap us, but we, they give like a draw. We had a draw and went to golden goal. We get the ball. We got the ball, and we score with a specialist, winning the second set. So you can you can see that uh, that momentum Qatar had the experience enough experience, you know, because they're not they their players are kind of like twenty something thirties, uh, you know, with a lot of games in their legs against different tough teams especially in the in the in the, in the championship that is the asian with the middle east uh, middle east uh, countries against each other and they're really tough especially when it comes to f- physicality so they know how to you know manage these timings and uh, and they have experience from uh, different uh, competitions for the world games and uh, different world championships yeah in the in the shootout, well, it's a it's a lottery. We we missed one uh, one shootout, and they scored one goal, and that's it. Nine that's eight. That's all it
1: takes. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's all it takes.
1: That's just one. And just a shout out to Amir Noradine Denguer, who scored fourteen from fourteen shots in that match. Twenty seven points. Um, I think. I mean, he he's he's a name I've come across. I think he's played. Um, played in france indoors and and for the Qatar national team as well so uh yeah a player that uh is one to look out for at this championship but yeah so it's um a must win game i guess tomorrow against brazil uh in terms of the the long road to the quarterfinals but uh, i'm really looking forward to that one as well so a lot of big games already tomorrow which is nice to see uh for the world championship i think we can wrap it up for there is there any other teams you want to you want to give a shout out before we go to
0: i'm going to give a shout out to also to australian women because yeah. uh there's uh our toots there and she's been amazing with the with the australian team and yeah i hope they get that that win that they deserve and uh, hopefully they go through all my ladies from the german team um you know me and chris we had you in our show and we loved it so we kind of have this uh this feeling for you girls mm-hmm. and we know you can do it so Go for it. And of course, my Portuguese, you know, and my Spaniards. Although I said in the Twitch show (laughs) that the Portuguese don't support the Spain teams. It's not true. We actually like them. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's impossible for us. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, Dr. B. Chambol, Marcio Manino, thank you very much. Maybe we'll do it again uh, on Sunday after the final. Sure. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Enjoy Enjoy the rest of the championship. championship. Yeah, I hope you fully recover recover at some point from Cologne. Cologne. Yeah, tomorrow I'll be better. Good stuff. (laughs) All right. Take care, Matt. Take care. Bye. Bye.